with thy goodness, thy path dropped farness. The Lord will crown this year for you with his goodness. Doesn't matter how much of goodness you have enjoyed right from the beginning of the year up until now. God still has something greater than what you have experienced for you and it will not elude you in the name of Jesus. Last week, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I was able to establish the fact that God, as it were, seems to be more interested in the end of a matter than the beginning. Even though God is the God of the beginning, God is God in the middle, God is the God at the end, he describes himself in Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 and Revelation 22 13 as the Alpha and the Omega. He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The God of the beginning is the God of the middle, is the God of the end. But somehow, as a student of the Bible, you will begin to discover that God seems to have special interest in the end of anything. Whether the end of an academic journey, the end of a business, the end of a ministry, the end of a life, the end of your destiny. By the way, God was there before we began and he was the one that initiated our beginning. David said, you crafted me skillfully together in my mother's womb. You saw all my body parts. You put me together. My eyes are in the right place. The nose is in the right socket. My mouth is where it's supposed to be, not by the side. The ears are there where they're supposed to be because there's a master artist who crafted us and put us together in our mother's womb. So it was there before our beginning began. But also, when we would have ended our sojourn in this, on this side of the great divide, he is still God. And when we fellowship with him forever and ever, it will continue to be God. Can I have an amen? The God of the beginning is the God of the middle and is the God at the end. Many times we skip the middle and the middle is where we have challenges. In Mark chapter 4 from verse 35 to 39, Jesus said to his disciples, guys, let's go over onto the other side. And as they were going to the other side, the Bible says he fell asleep and he slept off in the boat. And as soon as they had started traveling, maybe just a couple of minutes or so, a fierce storm arose and beat against the ship. It beat so much that water began to cascade into the boat. And the disciples were scared. They were scared stiff. And they went to wake him up. And they said, Master, carest not thou that we perish? And he got up, rebuked the storm, and spoke to the sea to be calm. And there was a great calmness. The disciples were scared because they thought they were going to die. But may I ask you, the last word of the master to them, was it that they were going to perish? Did he say, guys, let us go and perish? Come on, if you're in church, talk to me. Did he say, guys, let's travel, but in the middle, we're going to die? Did he say that to them? What did he say to them? Let us go over onto the other side. He already declared the end from the beginning. He told them where they were going to end. He didn't tell them they were going to end in the bottom of the sea. So if the disciples had had an attitude of faith in the words of the master, 
when the storm beat against them and the waves arose, they should simply have addressed the storm and the waves and they should have simply said, hey, the master said we are going to the other side. The, the, the storm and the waves would have simply obeyed them. It is called homologio. Someone say homologio. Homologio is a Greek word, which means homo is, is word, uh, sorry, homo is one, one. And then logio is language. That is, when you say the same thing, when you repeat what has been said, when you make your confession his confession, he said, by my stripes you are healed, and you say, by his stripes I am healed. You don't say something else. The circumstances of life will have to obey you because... You are speaking the words of the master. But instead of them repeating what he said, singing to the storm and the wave, we are going to the other side, they said, we are going to perish. We are going to die. We are going to die. We are going to die. Who told you you are going to die? God is more interested in the end than in the beginning. At the end of the journey, did they get to the end? Come on, talk to me. Did they get to the destination? Or did they die in the middle? In the middle is usually when there is a problem. In the middle. In the middle. You remember in Matthew chapter 14, as Jesus walked on water to go and meet the disciples, and Peter was very audacious. Master, if it be you, bid me come. It is I. Come. And Peter began to walk on water. He began. That's the beginning. The end was for him to get to the master and meet with him. But hey, in the middle, he considered the storm and the waves beating hard against him. The Bible says the storm was boisterous. The storm had always been boisterous before he took the first step. But having taken a few steps, he considered the enormity of the problems. This represents our lives many times. When we start a journey, start a business, start a ministry, start a career, start your academics. At the beginning, everything is smooth. You have high hopes. I'm going to make a first class. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then somewhere around 200 level or 250 level. Something begins to happen. <laughs> uh, some lecturer begins to act up. Uh, some, some tests are coming up that are impromptu. Some cultists are running after you. Some boys are distracting you. Then you begin to see a fine girl in the fellowship. And then something begins to happen to the CGPA. In the middle. In the middle. But Peter did something. The Bible says he considered the wind now boisterous. Every time you consider the enormity of your problems, you will begin to sink. Peter began to sink. Normally, when you walk on water, you don't begin to sink. Prove me wrong. Go to a swimming pool and walk on the water and see whether you will begin to sink. Try to walk on the water. You don't begin to sink. You just... You know what I mean? It's just... And then the next thing we have is gloom, 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 gloom. You're drinking gallons of water. But Peter still had some level of faith. That was why he began. It was a gradual process. One Yoruba artist, back in the day, we used to call him Jacob. He said, gradually, gradually, gradually. If you look at your life, some of us today, in certain areas of our lives, we are gradually beginning. But Peter cried out and said, Master, help me. And nobody says to Jesus, help me. And he would and and just turn away from you and turn the other face. No. He will come and help you. The master walked over to him, held them by the right hand, jacked him up, and said, Hey, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? 
And they walked back together to the boat and they completed the journey. Are you with me this morning? In the name of Jesus, you will finish well. In the name of Jesus, no matter what hell arrays against you, you will finish your life's journey strong. You will finish on a triumphant note. It will never be recorded in your life that you were once upon a time Christian, once upon a time believer, once upon a time follower of Christ. No, you will follow to the end. And in 2022, you will follow to the end. You will finish this year strong. You will finish jubilating. You will finish celebrating. You will finish sharing testimonies. You will finish laughing in the name of Jesus. You will laugh last. You will laugh loud. And you will laugh long. Somehow, God is interested in the end more than the beginning. According to Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8, the word of God tells us better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. The beginning may be good, but God is more interested in the end. Oh, I'm a believer today. I'm winning 20 souls every week. But how would you end your, life, your, your, your journey, your walk of faith? Today, you talk to some people, you minister to them, you witness to them. They say, with one st stick of cigarettes in their hand. They say, I wish you knew me 25 years ago. We were the one that erected the foundation of the redeemed Christian church of God. Uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was not a bricklayer, but I, I helped, I volunteered. I, I taught many people through discipleship. You want to tell me about Jesus walking on water? You, you, you misquoted that scripture. I, I know where it is. It's Revelation 2.7, not 1.7, all right? Next time, check it out. And the man is smoking. But, sir, what are you doing today? Oh, no, don't worry about that. I mean, life happens to all of us. No longer in the faith. May that not be your portion. God said, better is the end. <laughs> better is the end. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. You don't get your BSc on the day of matriculation. You I, you got to give him a BSc right now. I paid my school fees. They said, now go for lectures. I will go. Go for exams. I will go. Do practicals. I will do. Now, write your project. I will do it in five years' time. But you got to give me BSc right now. They're going to chalk you out. Better is the end of a thing. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 8. And if the word of God is true, then Ecclesiastes 7 and 8 is true. Because according to 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says that all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Therefore, Job 7, sorry, Ecclesiastes 7-8 must be by the inspiration of God. Do you agree with me? And what does it say? Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. If the word of God is anything to go by, then we look at Job chapter 8 and verse 7. Job chapter 8 verse 7 says, Though your beginning was small, I don't mind your small beginning. Don't despise the days of little beginning. The Bible says your latter end should greatly increase. God's plan for your life, for your future, is not decrease. Are you with me, church? Anything trying to decrease you is antichrist. God's plan for your life is increase. God does not mind the way you start, how you start. What matters is continue and then your latter end shall increase. Can I have an amen? If I meet you in 10 years time and you are not a thousand times better than you are now, then something is wrong with you. Because nothing can go wrong with the word of God. 
I will not be surprised to see you being a success in 10 years time. But I will continue to be surprised how God does it. Are you with me? Because he never shows us his methodology. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. The way God will bring your healing. For some of you that need manifestation of healing in your, in your body, the way he will bring it is not by your calculation. So that you are healed will never be a surprise. But how God does it is what will keep surprising us. One of our mothers in the ICC had suffered the pain in her hip for 20 years and had specialists who is also a member of the church told her, say, Mama, it's part of old age. There's nothing we can do. The ligament there has worn off. Whatever has worn off, you know, medical doctors, they have all the explanations. But when my God shows up, he shows forth. She was in her house after one encounter night, healing service, second, second Friday every month. Make sure you don't miss it again in your life. God does amazing things there. She got home, and while she was about her business trying to fix something for dinner, she had a loud noise, the noise of the rearrangement of bones. You know when bones are cracking, you know the noise. Crack-a-caca, and it was a loud noise. Crack-a-caca-caca, in a room, alone by herself. And pain of 20 years was gone. God could choose to move without noise, without any noise. He could choose to do it in a way that is not spectacular. You just see that the pain is gone. And he could choose to let you know that he's around. He will give you tribal marks without a blade. He carries out surgeries on his people without the traces of blood. That's the God we serve. How do you see this God? How big is this God to you? Have you limited him by your little thinking? It says, though your beginning was small, my God, your latter end should greatly increase. Don't expect a decrease. Yeah, some people will not be happy that you are increasing. That's their cup of coffee forever. But God's word is final authority over your life. And so every day you must increase. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10, Paul the apostle said, that you walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Somebody say increase. The way you know God should increase. If you knew God 5%, when you come to this church, I expect in no time at all, you should jack up to 75% and continue to go 150%, 298%, 350%, 900%. Continue, continue, continue. Because God is so wide and so vast. When you have known everything, it's still as if you know nothing. The more you know him, the more you want to know him. The deeper you walk with him and the better your life becomes. Can I have an amen? God said something. Let me say this to you about God. Right from the start, God always has his eyes on the end. The way God operates is that he would have finished his work in the realm of the spirit. He has started, he has finished it. Then it will come to the physical realm and it will now start it. And then it will do like this. Watch it. Because it knows the end from the beginning. Are you with me? You are surprised. Ah, see what God is doing, man. See what God, just keep following his instructions. Just keep following his instructions. Don't go to that place today. Now change your route. Now go this way. Call this person. Send an email. Stop arguing with God. He knows more than you do. As many as are led by their brain, they shall be called the sons of God. As many as are led by Google, they, shall, they are the sons of God. As many as are led by Siri, they shall find direction for their lives. 
My Bible tells me in Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And where is the Spirit of God? In your spirit. Somebody say, in my spirit. Don't wait for friends to lead you. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Friends will mislead you many times. The deliverance that some of you need is not laying out of hands. It's not casting out of devils. It's changing the company you keep. Your company determines what accompanies you. I will get to that point later and I will show you scripturally. Scripturally. Let me move very quickly because of my time. Right from the start, God has his eyes on the end. Say after me. Right from the start, God has his eyes on the end. Isaiah 46 verses 9 and 10. He says, remember the former things of old, for I am God. Nobody ever dares to make this kind of statement. There's a man on Lagos, Ibadan Expressway, that calls himself God. We will see his end. Because we serve a God that never dies. Our God says, I am God. You say you are God. You were born in Berea, you say you are God. What a pitiful God you are. Pitiful and pitiable. He said, I am God. Every time I read my Bible and I see where God says, I am God, I always stand still. In fact, in one place, it said, be still and know that I am God. Some of us run our lives as if we are God. You worry so much. You worry to the point that you fall sick. You worry about your result. You worry about your career. You worry about your body. Will anybody marry me like this? I'm too thin. Hey, oh, I'm too fat. And because of some people, have, some people have body shamed you before. Will anybody accept me? Nobody talks to me. You are not God. You didn't make yourself. They say you are too tall. The man that will marry you will love you because you are so tall. They say you are too short. The one that will fall in love with you will fall in love because of your height. Say, ah, you are petite. Somebody say petite. Uh, uh. So I say, ah, you are too short. No, you are not short. Oh. When I was in secondary school, they used to make just of me and my friends. My friends were very tall. And I was not very tall. I'm taller now. And they would laugh at me. And I would feel so bad. One day, I just came up with an idea. They started their usual routine of making just of me on our way from school. I said to them, guys, wait, 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 wait. Then they waited. All of us were born again. We used to go to fellowship. We didn't even know we were born again, but at least we used to go to fellowship. I said, God made us in his image and likeness. He said, yes. I said, my Bible tells me that I am the very perfect image of God. They agreed with me. I said, look at my height. This is the level of wisdom. Anything higher than this, you, that's why you guys are not wise. Your height needs to reduce so that you can be at the level of wisdom. Because you are, you are taller than wisdom. So if you are taller than me, you are too tall. If you are shorter than me, you are too short. This is the very epitome of God's genius. They said, wow. They, started, they, they went home that day wobbling their legs, feeling like foolish people. I said, very good. I caught them now. They stopped making jest of me. Look. God Never made a mistake about your life. You are God's idea. Amen? Maybe your parents said, we were even done having children. We are not praying for you. We are not asking for you. We are just playing. I'm prone to you came. And they gave you a name that suggests that they didn't want you. <laughs> there is a name, but I won't mention it. Now, I want you to know that you are God's idea. Can I have an amen? God said, I am God. 
Surrender to me and let me run your life for you. Stop worrying. Worry, 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 worry. Will anybody marry me? Worry, worry, worry. Will my business do well? Worry, worry, worry. Will I ever be able to please God? Stop worrying. He said, I'm God. And there is none else. I am God. And there is none like me. The doctors might have given you their verdict, but they are not God. Can I have an amen? They might have told you, you have only two weeks to live, but they are not God. Can I have an amen? <laughs> Somebody said, you will never prosper in life, but they are not God. Can I have an amen? And don't pray for them to die. Pray for them to live, to see, and to be invited to your success party. Can I have an amen? Verse 10 says, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. May God fulfill his pleasure in your life. God's plans for you are to give you a future and a hope. To bring you to an expected end. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Why the end? Why is God so interested in the end? I have about three points. I will crash them, collapse them into one. I will mention but I will collapse them into one. Why is God so interested in the end? Because usually, the end is where you get your reward. Mark 24, and verse, sorry, Matthew 24 and verse 13. Jesus speaking, Matthew 24 and verse 13. From verse 10, he was talking about the things that will happen at the end of the age. And those things are already happening. They are already here. Matthew 24 and verse 13, if you are there, can you say amen? If you are not there, say wait up. Okay, I'm away. Matthew 24 and verse 13. You should be there by now. Stop driving a car using four plugs. Get on to V6, come on. Get on to V8. I know it's gas guzzling. God will provide the money for the gas. And he said, one liter gone. Man, I like my car. <laughs> Man, I, li I like that car. The other day, I was, I was coming from Isaiah with my guys, and we stopped over at a junction to buy Kuli Kuli. Yeah, because in Isaiah, they have this Kuli Kuli Alata. I don't know how to say that in English, I'm sorry. So, Kuli Kuli Alata, the one that has Pepe. And I told the guys, let's enjoy a little bit before we go. You know, so we're enjoying the Kuli Kuli, and we bought some, they gave us some drinks at the NYC orientation camp where I had gone to minister. You know, we're carrying the anointing home. And so we were eating our kuli kuli and we're drinking and cars were going past us and all. And so, and then when we're done, I got on the road, but I was still munching kuli kuli and, you know, I was talking to the guys. So we're just going like 20, you know, we're not speeding. And cars were just overtaking us. And then we got on the express. And there was this particular car that was feeling good. You know, when you see a Mercedes on the road, every car is trying to overtake the Mercedes because they're trying to prove a point that they can run fast. They want to get home and tell their wives, I overtook a Mercedes. Ah, a Miyokurimeta. Oh, Toko. I looked at the guy. He looked at me, he winged, and then he was going, vroom, vroom, vroom. and he was carrying passengers. I told my guy, I said, That guy, I'm going to catch up with him and I'm going to teach him a lesson. They said, Okay, Pastor, let's go. So we started going. <laughs> then the guy saw that I was close. He knew I was really coming up close. You know what he did? He now stood right in front of, in the middle of the road. He was driving in the middle of the road. So I couldn't go this way. I couldn't go this way. I said, this guy, man, you're, making, you're messing with the wrong guy. I said, I was eating kuli kuli and you were overtaking me and you were smiling at me. You were waving at me. You were driving a Mazda. I know it's M, but this is a Mercedes, man. You know what I mean? This is a machine. 
and it's a GLK. So I, I looked at the guy, I got to him. When I got very close, I just gassed it up. He had the sound. Zoom. That guy, that guy has baritone. Zoom. <laughs> oh my. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Men hear the sound thereof. John 3, 8. He said, but no man can tell where it is coming from or where it is going. <laughs> the last the guy saw was my brake light. He started struggling to follow. He started struggling. Meanwhile, there was another one chasing me from his saying, a small car, I said, you will blow your engine. And I will go. Then when we stopped, we saw the police, we, we, you know, we decelerated and then they tried to catch up. But before they, they did, psh, we move again. So they were looking at me. I said, Elika, Nimalai. You know what they call Elika? When you are fighting, you fight someone, you can just make them fall gently. But you can carry them and spin them like this. If you watch wrestling, and then you hit them on the wall, Elika, no So we go to a battle. Now, I'm not saying you should drive like that, okay? Now, I don't do it every time. My wife actually told me that day, honey, please don't, don't, don't speed. Don't speed. I said, ah, no, I won't speed. Oh, come on. <laughs> I told my guys, hey, mama said we should not speed. Did we speed? I said, ah, no, I will speed. Care. <laughs> but one of them still went behind to tell her. <laughs> guys, are we together? I told you, you may see this now. <laughs> Matthew 24 and in verse 10. Jesus said, and then shall many be offended. Many are offended in the church today. They are offended at God, saying that God has not answered their prayers. They are offended with other people in the church. Don't let us be offended. Amen. And shall betray one another. Friends are betraying friends. You know that? They're snitching on you. And shall deceive men. Sorry, no. And shall hate one another. I never heard the word hater until I got to this generation. Everybody's celebrating haters. They're hating me. Haters hate. Da, 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 on the internet, on social media. Forget about haters. Jesus already spoke about that. You focus on Jesus, amen? And many false prophets shall rise. And there are many of them in Nigeria today. And shall deceive many. And they're deceiving many. All over Africa. So-called prophets. Asking their church members to lie prostrate and they are working on them. The other day, I saw a gory video. My wife showed me. Of a man who was putting his hand in the private of ladies. And helping them to do spiritual cleansing. And I wonder where the ladies put their brain. I mean, you should just bless him with the slab. I mean, you shouldn't even lift your skirt for him. In the first place. Mm. And they shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, which is happening in our generation, the love of many shall wax cold. There is too much iniquity in our generation. So much so that you hardly can tell sometimes the difference between the church and the club. You hardly can tell the difference between the daughters of Zion in church and the Daughters of Jezebel in a cult. Some almost come to church nude. And that means you can go anywhere. If you can, if you can come to the house of God like that, then where can't you go? And you wonder why rape is all over the place? You think everybody is normal? There are many gory things that we hear. 
I mean, at the visa application center the other day in Ikeja, a man just messed himself up because he was standing next to a lady on a queue. And, of course, you know, when people form a queue and there's so many people, there will be body contact. That was all. This lady wasn't even badly dressed, not indecently. I, I, I could only imagine what would have happened if she was indecently exposed. That's to let you know that not everybody is normal. And a lot of you ladies don't prepare for emergency. You wear anything. You're just reckless. I met a lady at Songo uh, filling station some, some couple of years ago. A member of our church at 11 a.m., no bra. I'm not ashamed to say this. You know, I'm married, and I've been married for 12 years, and I'm a father, I have a daughter, so I can talk about bra. No bra. At 11 a.m., and she wore boxer shorts, and the top and everything was dangling. I said, no, no, you should be sick. I mean, she greeted me and I was ashamed of myself. I was ashamed to tell people with me that she was my church member at 11 a.m. If you're not going to wear bra, stay indoors, in your room, not even in your compound. There are boys in the compound. Have mercy on them. We know you are spiritual. You are going to heaven. Don't send some people to hell with your body. God gave you your body to preach the gospel, not to send people to hell. 11 a.m. It doesn't make you more beautiful. It just makes you the sinosure of evil eyes or roaming eyes. That's all. People will look. Yeah, we will look free of charge. And you see some ladies, cyclas is what they wear now. Cyclas is tight. That thing is supposed to be worn under. It's an underwear. I mean, people go for lectures, go to UI, you see them. You're going for lecture at 9 a.m., everybody's looking at you, and you're wearing tights. And the whole thing is here. And everybody's looking at your skin. And you wear a small top now. How do you evangelize with that to your long? How do you tell somebody Jesus is Lord? He will say, yes, can I give my life to you first? Before I give it to Jesus. Hey, are we representing the kingdom? Are we ambassadors for Christ? Then let us be ambassadors. Whether in the morning in the afternoon or at night. There are certain things that are meant for indoors. The moment you are stepping outdoors, please be decent. You shouldn't be preaching this, but Jesus already said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Many don't love God anymore. They only love material stuff. God, give me. My name is Jimmy. You got to give me. Give me, give me, give me. When last did you tell somebody about Christ? When last did you challenge your friends? Oh boy, when, or, or girl, when last did you hear from the Holy Spirit? Some of you, I mean, you don't have friends that you can talk to when there is trouble. And say, well, I don't see trouble, obviously, but in my spirit I'm troubled, and I want to pray. Can we pray? And they drop everything, and Lord, show us, Lord, show us, what is it? This is the best time of your life to do that. If you miss this time, you have missed it. Because in marriage, you have encumbrances. You want to pray, your children are playing. You want to pray, your wife needs your attention. You want to pray, your husband says, Look, I've worked all day. They that sleep, sleep in the night. I want to sleep. You can't pray here. You say, I thought I married a Christian. Eh, so you are calling me a devil. Then trouble starts in the marriage. This is the time to settle the future. Are you with me? If you waste it, you've lost it. Opportunity is a perishable product. If there's a time to be spiritual, it is now. If there's a time to fast, it is now. Before you have plenty of money. When fasting becomes very difficult. 
Jesus said in verse 13, he said, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. The end is more important to God than the beginning. The end of your life, the end of your journey, the end of your Christian faith. What shall be said to you on that day when you stand before him? May you end well. May you finish strong. Revelation 3.21. See what Jesus said. Revelation 3.21. Okay, I'm going to use this screen. Apologies that the other screens are not working this morning. I got to know that the splitter got burnt over the weekend. So we'll fix it. We'll buy another one tomorrow. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Even as I also overcame and I'm set down with my father in his throne. Jesus has finished his earthly ministry. He continues, he's now at the right hand of the father and he continues his ministry through us. Are we going to be faithful? He said he that overcomes will sit with me in my throne. Men, I love to sit with Jesus in his throne. If the president comes to your area, everybody's running helter-skelter. And then the president spots you in the crowd. He says, you, come. Come. And then you come. He says, sit. Sit with me. Your Excellency. Don't worry, don't worry. And all the goodies, the best of the land that they brought for the president, he said, share with me, share, share. Come on. Your hands are shaking like this. Say, Come on, relax, relax. Jesus said, if you overcome, I will allow you to sit with me. What can be more precious than that? So what is it that will not allow you to get there? Drop it. The pleasures of this world? Drop it. May you finish strong. In Revelation 21 and verse 7, Revelation 21 and verse 7. Quickly, media, please. I have a few minutes to go. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. He that overcometh will inherit how many things? Would you like to overcome? Would you like to be a Christian till the end? A believer till the end? May God help you in the name of Jesus. This is my one point that I'm driving home today. Why the end? Now the point is, the end is where grand celebration of victory resides. The end is where grand celebration of victory resides. Endure to the end. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 to 3. Quickly, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. I will skip a lot of things so I can get to the end of this message because this message is meant for today. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. <clears throat> Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Lay aside that sin, that thing that easily trips you off. Lay it aside. Lay it aside. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father, the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Whatever encumbrances are fighting and militating against your faith, drop them! The pleasures of this life are ephemeral. They don't last long. Some say, ah, all my life I must enjoy orgasm every week, every day, orgasm. Huh. When I attend burial ceremonies, 
I look at the corpse in the casket. I say, this one used to enjoy orgasm. Where's the orgasm now? You better drop what is limiting you for that which is eternal. In his presence is fullness of joy. As a Christian, if you commit fornication, you will enjoy it. But after the fornication, you start regretting. But when you come to the presence of the Lord and you worship him with the same energy you would have invested in sex, you will have everlasting joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16, verse 11. Look to Jesus. Follow his example. The Bible tells us the Lord Jesus had his eyes on the joy that was set before him. He focused on that joy and ignored every distraction. He despised the shame of dying the death of a common criminal. He bore the shame for you. He bore the shame for me. He took it all. And he didn't abort the process. He finished. He got to the finish line. And he said it is finished. The son of God set his eyes on the joy of seeing man's dignity and authority being restored. The son of God became the son of man so that the sons of men might become the sons of God. He focused on the joy and carefully avoided distractions and despised the shame that accompanies dying on the cross like a common criminal. Isaiah 53, verses 10 and 11. The Bible tells us that it pleased the Lord to bruise him. In verse 11, it says, He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. We are the travail of his soul. He traveled for us. As they beat him blue black, he took it for us. He could have beaten all of them. He could have finished them with one breath. When they came to arrest him, he said, whom seek ye? Who are you looking for? That was the question he asked. They all fell backwards. All of them. The person they came to arrest. How come they were able to arrest? Because he surrendered himself. You couldn't arrest Jesus. Peter brought out his sword. Very, very zealous guy. He cut off the ear. One of the ears of one of the servants of the high priest. Jesus bent down, picked it up and put it back. A miracle even when he was caught out to crucifixion. He said, don't you think I can ask my father to send a legion of angels and he will send it right now and he will finish all these people? You just see heads on the floor. When angels cut off people's heads, you don't see the sword. You just see the head has removed and it's on the floor. That's all. He could have done that, but he didn't. He bought the shape. They made a crown of thorns. They drove it down his scalp. Blood gushed out. The Roman thorn, you need to Google that, is very sharp and tremendously sharp and long and strong. They weaved it together. They made whips and they laced it with bones, broken bones and metal. And so every time they beat him with the Roman soldier's scourge, the thing will wrap itself around his body and a soldier will pull it. As they pulled it, his skin tore open round about and blood flowed in every direction. When he was going to the cross, almost all his intestines were out. Read your Bible very well. The Bible says when he hung on that cross, he was no longer looking like a human being. His countenance, his visage was so marred, he didn't look like a human being anymore. He looked like a beast that had been beaten badly. He had lost the figure. That cute Jesus you see on the cross, on the calendar. Mba, that doesn't come close to the suffering of Jesus. 
Let me get that scripture for you. I think it's Isaiah 54. No, it's not 54. It should be 52. So you don't think Pastor Fred is just trying to embellish <laughs> the story of Jesus. Who am I to do that? Isaiah 52, and I think it's verse 12, if I got it right. 52. And did I get it right? Isaiah 52. Now, it's not verse 12. Now, somebody should look that up for me. It's 52, though. 52, 14. Thank you. 14. Yes, 52. Verse 14. As many were astonished at thee, his visage, his countenance was so marred, so distorted, more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. You don't understand this in KJV. Can you give it to me in NIV? Media. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being. And his form marred beyond human likeness. He didn't look like a human being anymore. Give it to me in NLT. New Living Translation. Quickly, please. But, as, but many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. Can you see that? And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. When you see the Jesus on the calendar, on the, on the cross, do, don't you know he's a man? Doesn't he look like human? But the Bible says, he, one would scarcely know he was a man. What did Luthi Ebaje? They beat him to pulp. They destroyed his body. They damaged him. Blood from the head. Blood from the face. Blood from the beard. Blood from the back. Blood from the hands. Blood from the leg. And when he died, blood from the side. Seven sprinkling, sevenfold sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. I taught that before. I'll teach you again someday. He took all of that for you and for me. How are we supposed to be living our lives? Like we don't care about the blood? Some of us are already trampling on that blood by the way we live our life. Double lifestyle. Christian in church, daughter of Jezebel at home. Christian in church, something, wrongs girl in school. No, no. You want to serve God? Serve Jesus. You don't want to serve him? Serve the devil. My mother of blessed memory would say, Jesus said, if you want to be hot, be hot. You want to be cold? In fact, I would rather you are cold. So that I can help you. Or you are hot. So I know you are for me. He said, but if you are neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. May God not spew you out of his mouth. And there's a gospel in UI teaching young people that once you are saved, you are forever saved. You can never lose your salvation. That gospel is a scam from the pit of hell. Jesus said, I will spew you out of my mouth. Who do you think he was saying he will spew out of his mouth? How did they get to his mouth in the first place? Because they were once saved. Judas was a believer. But he lost his place. He lost his bishopric. Don't live like the world once you have given your life to Christ. I understand the place of struggle. I understand you are getting up and falling and you are trying to serve God and all of that. Yeah, make the effort. Yeah, lean on him. Lean on his grace. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. And feed your spirit man. When your spirit man is strong, it will control your soul and your soul will control your body. But when you starve your spirit man of the word of God, the word of God is the food of the spirit. When you starve him of this, seven days without the word of God makes one weak. 
And then your soul is so strong, getting all the information from everywhere, from the internet, social media. You're watching all the nude videos and you're feeding something. You're feeding your soul. Whatever you feed grows. And you're feeding your flesh. So you're, you're surprised that at the slightest temptation, you take up your pants and you're taking your picture and send it to somebody. Christian people come to church. The next thing, you see them on their, go, go to their WhatsApp status. And they're doing, they're dancing, bum bum, in front of the camera. There are some of your mates who are winning souls for God. Who are on fire. Fire! What are you doing with your life? You think God is impressed if you drive a Mercedes or drive a Chrysler? They're all dust. I'm not moved by that. If God says that Mercedes, tonight, Fred, is not yours anymore. Go give it to somebody. I'll tell my wife, Madam, God said go give. Ah, we can't give. Sorry, the last time I heard, I heard from God. And she knows me. There was a day God told me to sow a seed. We didn't have money. I had that figure in six figures. That was all the money I had. We were even looking for accommodation. And we needed money. You know when you need one million and you have 100,000? I said, God laid it in my heart to sow this as a seed. My wife started crying. <laughs> I said, why are you crying? She said, the money that is not enough. She said, we will get more money and put on top and put on top and save. I said, God said. In 12 years of marriage, she has come to trust my leadership. That when I say God says, say, okay. But that day, the scripture came to fulfillment. Psalm 126. It said, they that, that sow in tears shall reap in joy. So the sowing was in tears. I was the one sowing, she was the one tearing. <laughs> but I tell you, that same month, God never disappointed us. God no go shame you. God no the shame person. I say God no the shame person. Adumbani Matoshi. That's the God we serve. One of our sisters bears Ademi Dumbani. Adumbani. Atoba Jaye Majaya Lolo. Satan can come against you, but with Christ in you, you defeat him. Amen. Shout a better amen. The hardest drama to act is Easter drama. When they cast you as Jesus. Hi! Hey, ah, ah. Director said, God, what's your problem? They slap you, can't win, Joe. Ah, oh. One day, we, <laughs> two brothers fought in Chicana Stones. Not really fight like that, but I mean, sort of one. Because the script wrote, slap the other person. He slapped him, it was too hot. The other person returned the car. Ah, I see his point drama. He said, What kind of nonsense? See the way he slapped me. He can't even slap me in a gentle way. And that brother knows how to slap somebody. They say, carry the cross, you carry it. They whip you, your bumble. Fear Jesus! You can't cry, Jesus. You are Jesus in this drama. Can you imagine what Jesus went through? Can you imagine the yanked of his beard and blood flowed? And he said, Father, 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 it, Jesus didn't do that. It took the pain. And guess what? He took it for us. He took it for the very people that were killing him. The prince of life. They killed the prince of life. But hey, he's not dead. He's alive and well. And he's in your heart. And he's in my heart. And he's with us right now. Can I have an amen?
And the good thing about Jesus is with you every time. He's with you when people love you. He's with you when people leave you. He's with you when you have plenty. He's with you when you do without. He's with you every time. In the middle of a test and trial, when you get to that point in your life when you want to commit suicide, you can't take it anymore. He's with you. If you just ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? He will tell you I'm with you. Can I have an amen? amen. You will finish strong. Amen. You will finish well. Amen. And he says, he that follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Is our perfect example, 1 Peter 2, 21 to 25. In John 8, 12, follow me and you will never walk in darkness. I beg you, Expression House, I beg you, everyone, every young person listening to me online or li right here physically, walk with Jesus, follow Jesus, you will never walk in darkness. Rather, he will give you the light of life. No wonder Psalm 36, verse 9 says, For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light shall we see light. Students, listen. Everybody, listen. When you run into a situation in your life, whether you're academics, and a particular course is becoming too difficult to handle, stop getting into mental torture. How will I understand this now? Or maybe you're a lawyer. You have a case. And you're preparing your case, your court case. And it's becoming so difficult. Some cases are complicated. Stop toiling in the flesh. When I learned that secret, my life got on another pedestal. You know what to do? Stop. Worship. As you are worshiping, tell him, Lord, with you is the fountain of life. And in your light, I see light. So, Lord, let me see light concerning this matter in your light. Zah, light will come. Job 32 verse 8 says, but there's the spirit in man and the inspiration of the almighty gives them understanding. Understanding will come. You will understand the cause. You will understand the case. You will know how to handle it. You are a doctor. You don't know where to go. You want to carry out a surgery and you don't even know how to penetrate that person's body. Because maybe it's an explorative surgery. Hey! Receive. Receive wisdom. Receive light. Jesus said he that follows me will never walk in darkness. The last time you walked in darkness will be the last time you will ever walk in darkness. Because from now, you follow Jesus and you have light. Can I have an amen? amen. The Bible calls him the, the bishop of our souls. The shepherd and the bishop of our souls. Let me skip to the end. I've skipped so many things. I want you to note that not everyone that starts finishes and not everyone that finishes, finishes well. Why? Because there is a process to finishing well. There is a process to finishing strong. If you violate the process, you will abort your miracle. There is a process. The Holy Spirit told me yesterday very clearly, if you skip the process, or if you don't trust the process, you will abort your miracle. Whatever miracle you are trusting God for, there is a process. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. Holy Spirit, what is the process? Teach me the process. Part of the process might include that there might be a time and a season when you are not even hearing from God. And all you need is just keep trusting and obeying. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. You just trust. You just trust him even when you can't trace him. There are times you can't trace God. And he has never called us to trace him. He has called us to trust him. So trust that your life is in his hands. 
and it's not going to mismanage your life. There are many times we struggle for many things as if we are the God of our lives. When we should actually chill and know that he is God and say, God, I trust you. I know you know what you are doing. And I know this miracle will come to manifestation. So I'm not going to try to help you. Who can help God now? Look at the people that tried to help God in the Bible. They died. Uzziah was one of them. Or what's the guy's name? The Ark of the Covenant was going to fall and he tried to. Abi Uzani. Abi Whatever. Who's something, Shah? You can't help God. God doesn't need your help. Let's gather money. Let's gather money. What for? Want to send Western Union to heaven. God might be a little bit broke. Oh, really? Let's gather prayer. Let's gather prayer. What for? The Holy Spirit worked so hard last week, Sunday, in our service. Today, he might need some rest and he's tired. Holy Spirit, receive strength. Will that ever happen? Oh, Jesus was here Thursday night and it was amazing. Man, he must be weary right now. Jesus, receive strength. Don't be weary. Don't be weak. Will that ever happen? Come and talk to me now. He is the source of life. Life flows from him. There is a process. Anyone that fails to follow the process will abort their miracle. There is a process. You're trusting God for the fruit of the womb. There's a process. Trusting God for healing. There's a process. You're trusting God for a financial miracle. There's a process. Trusting God for a life partner. There's a process. And that's why you need the Holy Spirit. If you don't trust the process, you will abort the miracle. Let me tell you people that didn't trust the process. I'll give you four examples. One, Opa. Opa in the Bible. Ruth 1.14. Opa couldn't trust the process. She kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. And she said goodbye to her destiny. Ruth 1.14. Media. Ruth. 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 Somebody give me the book of Ruth. I didn't say Luke. I said Ruth. I know that, but ooh. Thank you, media. It is now Ruth. Chapter 1, verse 14. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. Nobody on the keyboard. I want to preach like one of those African-American preachers. Ah, they lift up their voice. They, oh, they lifted up their voice. Can I get a witness? One of my guys that I really love, one of my, well, maybe I'll call him a mentor, Bishop T.D. James. Now, I haven't listened to him in a long time, but, you know, he's my guy in time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, and Amer African Americans can they can demonstrate. And you see those grandmamas with their hats. Oh yeah, preacher baby. Oh, and before you know it, oh, oh, the Holy Ghost is moving. I feel him. I feel him. I feel him. This is one verse. They can be in this one verse for ten minutes. Oh. And they lifted their voice. They lifted their voice. Will you lift your voice? Will you lift your voice? Will you lift your voice to him? And, and wept again. Because they had wept before. And Opa kissed her mother-in-law. Mother. 
Ruth claimed her. There are certain people in your life you gotta claim to. I'm in Mokolai, but Nigeria. <laughs> On a more serious note, you know their story. Naomi was their mother-in-law. She had lost her husband. Ruth and Opa had lost their husbands. They were the sons of Naomi. Naomi said, ladies, go and get a life. My husband is dead. Your husbands are dead. If I get married tonight and I get pregnant tonight and I bear a son tonight, you can't wait to marry him. So go and start another life. The two ladies said, no, we're not going anywhere. Naomi packed her bags and she was going back to Bethlehem. She came from Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. Beth is house. Bethel is the house of El, the house of God. Bethlehem, Lehem is bread. They left the house of bread because there was scarcity and they had to jack her to Moab because there was food in Moab at the time. But in Moab, they lost everything. So, Naomi was going back to her country. She had lost everything anyway. And the two ladies were following and they were crying, no, 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 anywhere you go, we will go. Anywhere you go, we will go. And she said, go back. And they wept. And they wept again. And Opa said, Egbo, I'm still young, you. Mm. I still need to feel like a woman. You make me feel. Somebody has to make me feel like a natural woman. You know what I mean? I didn't drop from heaven. I, I grew up here before I got born again. Praise God. So, pardon me. And Opa, Opa, after crying. You know some people, when they actually cry, they're not with you. They're just waiting for the opportunity to escape. Some people go to somebody's place and they mourn. They're mourning with them and they cry, oh, my shoe. After three hours, then they fry Akara. They fry Akara and start distributing Akara. Does he have onions? Shula Lubosa. What's that? Opa. See you. Ruth. My spirit is with you. She kissed Naomi by. She didn't know the meaning of Naomi. Naomi means my joy. How can you kiss your joy? Bye. That was the last we heard of Opa in the Bible. Ruth said, I'm not going anywhere. Mother-in-law said to Ruth, Ruth, your other sister is gone. Go. Ruth said, hey, mama, anywhere you go, I go. Your people shall be my people. Your God! She switched allegiance from the God of Moab to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She got born again. Your God shall be my God. Where you die, will I die. Where you, where, where you are buried, will I be buried. And because of that decision, Opa started but did not finish. Ruth started and finished. How? She went with Naomi. God arranged it. She met a man by the name Boaz. Boaz 
was a near kinsman that could redeem her, that could marry her and pay the bride price and take care of all the debt that the husband had owed when he was alive. And Boaz married her and the union and the mother-in-law was still alive and she was enjoying all the blessings and the benefits. And the union produced the man called Obed and Obed happened to be the father of the man called Jesse and Jesse happened to be the man called the, fa the father of the man called David. King David came from that lineage. And guess what? Several generations down the line, the Lord Jesus came from the same lineage. The Lord Jesus. Because a woman decided, I have started, I will finish. I pray for you. Whatever you start, whatever project you start in your life, you will finish it. You will finish well. You will finish strong. Whatever God has started in your life, whatever he has put in motion as a process, you will see the fruition. You will see the conclusion. And the conclusion shall be glorious. Some of us have read this book from start to finish. We've seen the end of the book. The end is victory. The end shall be victory for you. The Yoruba say Ruth Abokoku. That's where they got it from. Some love you when things are rosy. The moment you are broke, is your business. Number two, example, Lot. Lot went with Abraham. When God called Abraham in Genesis 12, and everything happening for Abraham according to the promise of God was happening for Lot. In Genesis 13, just one chapter after, God had blessed Abraham. The same blessing had dropped off on Lot. Lot lost his father early. Abraham took him up, paid his school fees, and took him along when God called him. God didn't call Lot. God didn't tell Abraham to take Lot along. God said, get out of your father's house. Get out of your kindred. But Abraham was a large-hearted man, and he thought, I, I can't leave this nephew of mine back. And he took him along. By Genesis 13, verse 5, the blessing had rubbed off on Lot, and Lot also that went with Abraham. The company you keep, I said it earlier, determines what accompanies you. If you walk with certain people who carry the covenant of blessing, it will work in your life. If you walk with people that carry the covenant of the curse, it will rub off on you. That's why you need to shine your eyes before you say, I do. Make inquiries. Find out what's happening in their family. What's happening in his life. What's happening in her life. Don't just see shape. Say, I saw the girl had shape. Shape, oh God. Shape. When I saw the shape, I said, oh, the Lord spoke to me. That's your, that's your wife. It's all right. When the vicissitudes of life come, you'll forget about shape. Some have been led by God. That's why I said, no, I cannot marry this one. She's not even so attractive. Doesn't even know how to dress. How to dress? Is that what we are talking about? Somebody that would dress your destiny. That would. <laughs> so, Lot became big. And both of them, the headsmen had issues. And Abraham called Lot and said, hey, Lot, guess what? We're having clashes now. I don't want this to happen. We are brethren. Let's sort this out. We have grown. God has blessed us. Increase is now becoming a, a problem. So, if you go right, I go left. If you go left, I go right. Would you like to go? Separate yourself from me. Genesis 13 and in verse 19, the Bible says, Lord lifted up his eyes and saw. Someone say lifted up his eyes. He walked by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Put a blessed man in the desert, he will flourish. But Lord looked at the place that was lush. The lushest pasture. The Bible says lifted up his eyes 
and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you come unto Zohar. The place was well watered. Well, my malu, we have good grass to eat. And Lord chose, then Lord chose him all the plain of Jordan. He didn't even leave half for his uncle that brought him from obscurity. Isn't it funny how you raise some people and they get to some, some point and it gets into their head and you are nobody anymore. And they talk ill of you. They say nasty things about you and even incite other people against you. It's amazing. I've seen that. Betrayal. But I don't care. Keep lifting as many as God will allow you to lift. Keep blessing people. Keep mentoring people. Keep pouring yourself into people. Some will appreciate it. Some will never appreciate it. I've seen in ministry, at least about 13 years of my ministry now, I've seen people that I labored so hard on that these people must be somebody. And they became somebody and pastor is nobody. Can't even, they don't even talk to me anymore. If I want to see them now, they have to give me appointments. And, and me, I don't, have, I don't even have time to see them. And I've seen people that I just did a little labor, just a little mentorship of three months or just helping them, just saying a word of prayer and just they come into church regularly and we don't have any one-on-one very close relationship and God has done amazing things in their life and has done amazing things for me through them. I've seen that again and again and again. I was in London November last year and a young man in London got to know I was coming and he prepared everything I needed. There was a place where I needed to travel. I had a luggage in Chelmsford and I was in Milton Keynes and I was going to go to London. And the guy, I just told him, oh, I gave him the address. And he traveled from where he was in Dagenham to go to Chelmsford to go and pick a bag, a huge luggage for me. In the process, the, because the bag was overloaded with stuff, the, the, the wheel had problems. He used this money to change everything, put it in order, and brought the bag to my hotel in London. You don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like telling somebody to leave Ibano to go to Abuja to go and help you pick stuff. And he had to be there physically. Left his work. And this young man came to London. And he was saying, Pastor, I want to take you out for, for dinner. He was already late. I said, look, I need to prepare my flight. My flight was the next day to come to Nigeria. And we were struggling with my, the phone and everything. He was there assisting and assisting and assisting. And until it was late. And he had to go back. He had to travel back to Dagenham. Now I was in Heathrow Terminal 2. I was in a hotel there. It was quite a journey. You know what this young man did? When he discovered that we couldn't go out to eat, and he really wanted to eat with his pastor. I only pastored him for like three months in this church. And said one prayer with him, and he was trusting God for a visa to go, and God opened the door. He said, Pastor, I had kept this money to take care of you. Please, sir, if you don't mind, would you take it from me as a gift? And he gave that to me in pounds telling. I looked at him and said, you've done so much already. Why are you doing this? He said, Pastor, you have been a blessing to my life till today. He's accountable. He calls me, tells me what he wants to do. If he has challenges, Pastor, please, we need to pray. I share God's word with him. I pray. He's very accountable to the point of, Pastor, I'm, there's a lady. We're kind of smiling at each other now. He still pays his tithe to church, this church. I learned of someone who traveled to the U.S. one time and said that she wasn't paying the accurate tithe to church. Because she didn't want me to know how much she was earning. Can you imagine that? Like I live on your tithe. Look, I'm a blessed man. It's not bragging. I am super blessed. 
I run my businesses. I'm not one of those pastors that wait for tithe and offering to come in. If you give, you give. If you don't give, you don't give. It is not what you give me that makes me rich. It's what I give as seed, as I sow into people's lives, that God opens the portals over my life. I'm not saying that so that you can give me Christmas gifts. You know my budget for Christmas, what I'm going to give to people. People that are like parent figures. I don't have parents anymore. So those who are parent, parental figures in my life, I already have my, my budget for them. For the less privileged, I already have that. For those who need some stuff in church, I already have that. Personal money, not church money. And I bought a car. God gave me that car, that Mercedes, that SUV. And I just had a few days ago that some people said that Fred bought a Jeep during a blaze. Meaning, do you know how much money people gave him for a blaze? And he used that blaze money to buy SUV. Yeah, in this church. People said that. So they assume that the money that came in for a blaze was the money I used to buy the SUV. The story, for the, SUV, the story of the SUV is a story for another day, not this moment. I need to finish what God put, put in my heart. But I'm not moved. <laughs> I'm not moved a bit. And I still see this before I hug them. And I smile. And if they know what I know, they will be on the run. You don't know my secrets. You're not there when I'm sowing my seed. You're not there when I'm crying before God and putting cases before God. On my birthday every year, I present the cases of the church to God. Not my own personal needs. I thank him for keeping me. Then I present the cases of this church. Lord, I want you to heal this person. You heal them. Let it manifest. Lord, please now. Ah, ah, ah. You don't know? God who sees in secret rewards in the open. And when he does reward, enemies, frenemies, that's their cup of coffee for life. By next year, they'll see another one. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Lord departed from Abraham. Thank you, media. You, are, you guys are blessed. I promise you a hangout. I will spoil you, whatever you want to eat. Then Lord chose him all the plain of Jordan and Lord journeyed east and they separated themselves the one from the other. There are people in your life you should never, never, ever separate from. There are friends that are for a season. There are covenant relationships you should keep forever. Pastor Alex, the senior pastor of the Stone Church is my father for life. I told him behind him, I told him to his face. When you hear me say my father, I honor other men of God as fathers in the body of Christ. Yes, even when I meet them, you are a father, not my father. That man found me when I was zero, when I was a Mokola boy, when I used to keep 15 naira every Wednesday, 30 naira for bike to Mokola market, cross the road, the remaining 20 naira to put in offering every Wednesday. The one day I said, oh boy, is your head correct? 15 naira, trek to church. Because I needed to improve my offering. I stopped taking bike. To give 15 naira offering. Every Wednesday. And I gave it joyfully. I was in drama ministry. I acted joyfully. I got on stage. People were laughing. I didn't have many clothes. I, didn't have, I had one pair of shoes. I had one pair of shoes. You can't say whether it was brown or yellow. It was in between. The other day, somebody showed up and bought me five pairs of shoes. Italian, all Italian. Louis Vuitton, Ade Gucci, uh, Ferragamo. 
This is one of them. I'm wearing this one. Because when you preach the gospel, Jesus will make sure that your feet are beautiful. How beautiful are the feet of them that publish the gospel? Pastor, I don't have money. Go and preach the gospel. Invite somebody to church. Keep inviting. Keep inviting. Keep, tell somebody about You can't preach much. Preach small. Invite. Preach small. Inv- See what God will do in six months. Your life will wow people. And then they will say, ah! What is Yahoo? It's not everybody that is blessed as Yahoo. Was it today I started shouting testimonies like exaggeration? Are they not happening now? One of our medical students, she didn't just pass exam. She passed so well, the authorities in UCH said, we will nominate you as one of our A students and you'll be qualified for a scholarship. Our member here. God is showing himself strong. There are relationships to keep forever. Myself and that senior pastor, for life. If he says, Fred, you are very, very, very Fred, I will deal with you. I say, sir, deal with me in mercy. But that I'm going anywhere, nowhere. There are covenant relationships you must keep. The moment Lot left Abraham, you know where he went to? Sodom and Gomorrah. The place was clean, fresh. They had prosperity too much. The men had become gay. The women had become lesbians. Because there was too much prosperity. That's why it's common abroad. Because they don't think of what to eat, what to drink. They don't pray for a car. You get a job, you get a car. He said, now let us pray as we are going from London to Southampton. Say, are you alright? Why are we praying? What for? Don't we have a map? <laughs> Let's pray that God will give us a house. A house? Come on, go get a job. And you get a mortgage. You get a house. You don't need God. I spoke to one woman in London. Do you know Jesus? Jesus? Uh, can I, maybe I've heard that before. I said, my God, in this life, Lord, you know what happened to Lord at the end of the day? He lost everything. Fire came down from heaven. The day God destroyed that place, God still remembered his covenant with Abraham. There are people you don't mess with. When God came to town, Genesis 19, and in verse 29, Genesis 19, 29, media please, the Bible says God remembered Abraham. And because of that, God got Lot out. Out of the midst of the overthrow. When he overthrew the cities in the which Lord dwelt. It came to pass when God destroyed the city of the plain that God remembered Abraham. Abraham had a covenant with God. And because of him, God now said, let me rescue Lot. God can, because of one person, save a whole street. Because of you, save your campus from destruction. Lot got out of that. Don't look back. The wife looked back, became a pillar of salt. Escaped into the mountains and started living in the cave. The two daughters who were not well instructed in righteousness. The elder one woke up one day and felt, look, there is no man anywhere in the world that will marry us. She said to the younger sister. And that was a lie. Because Abraham and his family were still living elsewhere. There were many people everywhere. She had a superior idea. She didn't trust the process. She said, we're going to make our father drink until he drinks to stupor. And the man drank to stupor. And, they, and she had sex with him. Incest. Sex within the family. Kai! The next day, she told the younger sister, I had my own session with Papa last night. Go and enjoy your own session. Make him drink again until he gets drunk to stupor. They repeated the process. In the process of time, both of them were pregnant. 
And they gave back to Moab and Ammon. Tell me the confusion in the lives of those guys. They will be confused forever. When you grow up one day to know that the man you've always called daddy, 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 daddy is also your grandfather. Father? Grandfather? How? No, as in I don't get it. You and your mom share the same father. <laughs> Can anybody dissolve the mystery? Those guys were confused forever. They became vagabonds. They became enemies of the Jews. One time they set up a fight against Israel. They were going to destroy Judah. They didn't know that these were their cousins. They got the people of Manseir to join them. And as they got to the battle, Jehoshaphat spoke by the word of the Lord. Choir be in front and let's sing. And they began to sing. For the Lord is good and his mercy endured forever. That was the song. Not our Nigerian songs. Some of them are spiritual. I love some of them. That is singing about the glory of God. It's a good song. Good song. I don't know about the Odakon Pakon Shekinigo. I don't know that part. Of. I don't know about that one. You're going to long power. But when you go to church and they say, You are abusing someone else. You are not praising God. Are you with me? What did they sing? For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endured forever. They invoked the goodness of God. The glory of God comprises of the goodness of God, the manifest presence, the manifest power, and the manifest goodness. They provoke the goodness, and God fought for them. You know what happened? The children of Ammon and children of Moab teamed up and destroyed the third force. The third force said, ah, we came together to fight Judah. They said, no, are you mad? Don't you know Judah is our cousin? They finished them. After finishing them, they now looked at each other. You say your mother was the one that told my mother to sleep with grandpa? Say, no, did I say that? She didn't the one that told me the story. Bah! You slap me, you the mad, you the crazy. Bah! The Bible said they helped to destroy one another. As you give glory to God, that's how your enemies will help to destroy one another. But Lot did not end well. Today we are not children of Lot, we are children of Abraham. According to Galatians 3.29. Number three example, Demas. Second Timothy 4. And verse 10. Demas forsook Paul. 2 Timothy 4.10. Look at it. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Christians to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Thessalonica was the bubbling place at the time. Prosperous. It was a commercial center. It was cosmopolitan in nature. Demas started preaching with Paul. He had been acknowledged in two other epistles. But it got to a point, he wanted to jackpa. Jackpa is no wrong go if you are led by the Spirit of God to go. They must left the ministry. He forsook his calling. He started well, but he didn't finish well. May you finish well. 
What is, the, what is the pleasure of this present world that is holding you back? When we call for Bible study, you don't come. Why? I'm busy. I'm working. I don't have time. We say join the ministry. I don't have time. Some of you have been in this church over two years. You are not in the ministry. The same time service is going on here, you're in a club. Enjoy your life. You are eating the life of your head. Jedadao. People say, I'm People have has refused to be jed. It is people that grow old. Don't you see those people that use alcohol? Those men that take a lot of alcohol. They've been taking it from 18, 19. At the age of 65, Tommy is like this. The cheeks are down. Huh? Or it will be shining. And the skin will be like that of a child. The man is cut out to go. Kidneys are bad now. Was it him that chopped life? Or life has chopped him? Ah, no, I have to orgasm. Orgasm. I have to enjoy myself. I have to explore. Many have explored till they got HIV. I know people whose lives are in shambles today. Because of a reckless sexual life yesterday. I told them of a lady in America that died of HIV. She couldn't walk anymore. The last time people went to greet, him, greet her, she was supporting her body with the wall of her room. They called me from the U.S. They broke into tears. I broke into tears. And a couple of days after, she was gone. This was a vibrant lady. But she got to America and America got into her. Lost it all. Bought an SUV in no time. Wanted to drive the latest car. She wanted to ride with the high and mighty of America. We met all these things in the world. We are going to leave them in the world. Where are you going? Will you finish well? Will you, when, when, you, when you get to heaven, will the landing lights be turned on? My first time in Atlanta, Georgia. Our flight landed in the night. As we were about to land at Minard Jackson Airport. Very beautiful. I saw the landing lights. I said, wow, I'm in America. When you get to heaven, will the landing lights be turned on? Or will Jesus say, depart from me, I never knew you. You walk out of iniquity. Walk out of iniquity. Or will he say, welcome home, beloved and faithful child. May you finish strong. May you finish well. The last example was, was Judas Iscariot. He didn't finish well. Act 1, 14 to 26. Let's read it. Standing. Act 1, 14 to 26. God bless you, media. Open your Bible, everybody. Let's read it standing. This all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Yes. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120. Yeah, men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. Judas was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. He started the ministry with them. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. Reward of iniquity. 
and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the mist, and all his bowels gushed out. Kai! And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue, Akeldama. That is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate. May your habitation never be desolate. And let no man dwell therein. May people dwell with you. May you never be alone. And his bishopric, let another take. May your leadership position not be taken by another. People can be replaced though. Once saved, forever saved is a scam. Judas was replaced. He ate with Jesus. Wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus Christ went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until, this, until that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. We need a replacement. And they appointed two. Joseph called Basabas, who was son named Justus, and Matthias. And then they prayed and said, Thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, Show whether of these two thou hast chosen. Yes? That he may take part of this ministry and apostleship to replace Judas, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. Kai! And they gave forth their lots, and the Lord fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with eleven apostles. May you not lose your place. In God's scheme of affairs, may you never be replaced. There was a song we used to sing when I was in primary school and I was in CAC church. There's a gospel in UI and its environs of once saved, forever saved. That gospel is from the pit of hell, being perpetrated by people who know the Greek. They know the Hebrew, but they don't know Jesus. Papa Hagen said, you can know all the Greek and the Aramaic. And sadly, they quote Papa Hagen, they quote Paul. Paul that taught us grace said, after teaching, what then shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Immediately, he said, God forbid. They collaborate with each other in, the, in their churches. They sleep with each other. They are not married. Until they get married. Run away from such. I learned of one. You have to give a certain amount of money before you become a worker. You want to rise in that church, you pay 50000 One of our brothers was telling me. He brought one of his friends that's a member of one of those churches to this church. He said, come and hear my pastor. At least hear something different. The gospel that tells you you don't have to do anything, everything has been done, Grace has covered it all. It's fake. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen. For no wonder, even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. 
any church you go to and you are sleeping with your boyfriend and you and your boyfriend go to the same church for one year and you are even workers in the church and there is no single conviction any day by the Holy Spirit that what you are doing is wrong, you need to change that church. Because they are not telling you the truth. And you shall know the truth. And it is the truth that you know that will make you free. People don't like the truth. But I've sworn my allegiance to God till I breathe my last. I will tell you the truth. There's nothing you can do against the truth. The worst you can do is not talk to me again like some people. <laughs> Doesn't bother me. You know how many people are talking to me? People have greeted me from our, from last Sunday, 12th anniversary, till today. I've not replied them on what I've not even read. Too many messages. So I don't know if somebody's not greeting me again. But I will tell you the truth. And 15, 20 years from now, I pray it is not that long, that you look back and realize and say, ah! There are two kinds of pain in life. One is the pain of training. Second is the pain of regret. If you take the pain of training today, you will live fulfilled in the future. If you refuse the pain of training, you will live up with the pain of regret. May you not live up to the pain of regret in your future in the name of Jesus.